I can I can see you. I can see you, and it's a little weird. It is a little weird. I didn't know until now what your podcasting face looked like. <laughs> what is how do, how does my podcasting face differ from my normal face? Yeah, uh, I don't know if it differs necessarily. I will say that I well, like your I. I didn't know that you, you know, enjoyed a, a beverage during some of our recordings or maybe all of our recordings. Yeah, and this is so <laughs> I didn't know that. It did not occur to me that we've had 70 episodes of a show and I most of the time have a single beer as yeah. part of the recording. Yeah. Not judging you here. Uh and uh then now I'm here at your home and it's a time to record. I'm like, "Oh, do you have a beer?" <laughs> and you're like, "What do you what do you what do you what's happening here?" Yeah, I just think you look, you know, you're very concerned with with audio quality. Yeah, I'm subjecting to the, and, to this. And you're like, you know, your positioning changes for like the quality of your hearing. You're moving around to sound the best. Whereas I am reveling in the fact that for the first time in 70 episodes, I don't even have headphones on. Yeah, well, I mean, we uh, may or may not be recording your voice. We'll find out in <laughs> editing. Fun fact, we're recording in person. For the first time. For the first time ever. Oh, well, let's find out if that was a good idea or not. I could, Yeah, I can see you. It's very yes, awkward. It's odd. You've now discovered my podcasting habits. Here's a fact that people don't know about podcasting, probably, is that many podcasts, ours included, don't include video. Yeah. When recording. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people don't even think about they're not in person. I think people assume that we're looking at each other, mm-hmm. and we're not. It's all audio. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I've never although, seen your face before. I've started to, yeah. <laughs> this is the first time. <laughs> no. More podcasts are starting to be video. Yeah, I've started they're... doing video. It used to be a concern about bandwidth or whatever. But now, now it's a, yeah, and now it. it's just a habit. But it is helpful for like crosstalk and things. Yeah, and you can like give them energy. And... Yeah, maybe we should do it. Anyway, we're doing it now. We'll see. We're doing it. Let's sign. If this is better, then I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> then we're really video. Trouble. Maybe we'll hire we're so someone off to, the rails Maybe the right Patreon now. won't get we, us. <laughs> I should mention also that both of us are tired. <laughs> I've never been tired. What are you talking about? Fun fact. Yeah, hit me. It is possible to permanently sequester CO2, carbon dioxide, yeah. on the ocean floor yeah. by freezing it into dry ice forming a giant torpedo shape out of it uh-huh. and dropping it in the ocean. Okay, I need to know what your definition of permanent is, and I need to know how much of that we could do before we would, A, unduly raise the sea levels by that method, and B, run out of space. Okay, these are good questions. Yeah, Permanent uh, is indefinite, but I mean... Nothing is permanent. But, and that cannot be. I mean, I'm not even talking about heat death of the universe. I'm not even talking about heat death of the Earth. Like, how long can the CO2 remain? I guess Okay, as long as the climate of the underwater doesn't change. Yeah, so let's back up one. So, Sorry, am I too far down the rabbit hole well, already? The, yeah, let's get to all the depths of the rabbit hole. Let's find the rabbit. But let's start at the... the the inch, the porthole. Okay, of the, that's what they okay. call. It. That's <laughs> the be- very technical term. The beginning of the rabbit hole, yeah. which is okay. You're wanting to put. We're talking about putting CO2 somewhere. Yeah. Why might one want to do that? Because where it is now is bad. Yeah, we don't want it in the atmosphere. Yeah, uh, we want some. Well, you have to have some. I. This is the thing. Maybe people don't realize you have to have some. You have to have some. Otherwise, we'd all die of heat, lack of plant. Oh yeah, and I would get too cold. Yeah, it'd be that. bad. Yeah, so, so we're, but we're not worried about that problem okay, right now. We've got enough. We're worried about too the much problem. Excess. Too much, uh, and excess. so there's an assumption uh, because we slightly suck as a species in this particular way 
that we're going to have to take some CO2 out of the In uh, addition to not adding more, we also, well, as we learn to not add more, it might be, it would be very helpful to be able to remove the excess we're putting there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and friend of the show, Patrick Gibson. Oh, he is a very good friend of the show. He's a good friend of the hey, show. Patrick, we love you. And uh, he is on his path to, uh, he's now an engineer. He's going to save us. And he's going to help save us. He's going to save us all. And he's uh, on, on, on the path to removing CO2 uh, from the environment. Thank you. Okay, so headline news. Personally, he's going to Patrick Gibson hand. is solving the climate change problem. So everyone else we don't have who's to do not anything. Patrick... Don't worry about We're it just, anymore. He's got it. Just don't don't think about it anymore. And he turned me on to, I mean, there's a various methods under research that he's personally researching. Um, <laughs> it's all him. It's all him. But there's various methods that people, you know, there's all these papers uh, yeah. there of, of different methods for both getting the CO2 out yeah. uh, of either the the air or the ocean or because uh, you may or may not know that the ocean will actually uh, suck CO2 out of the air to some degree. Is that the algae? Uh, the algae do some of it, but also just the ocean itself. So as the air gets oh. more CO2 in it, the what ocean, the ocean itself, the water. Yeah. Like the water, water is sucking CO2 out of the atmosphere. It makes it slightly acidic. And so if you've heard about ocean huh. acidification, it's, it's one of the various global. Yeah. Then uh, all the, change. all the fish die. It can cause problems with certain species of fish and coral. Oh, okay. Not all like the fish die. Some of the fish yeah, die. Yeah. And of course, right. it, of course, then it's like disproportionately certain kinds of things. It's sort okay. of ecosystem systems. And so. It's not just the air, it's also the ocean itself. We've got too much CO2 going okay. on. And so it needs to get it, one of the, the sort of assumptions of the long-term uh, solution to our climate crisis is that we're going to be doing removing some CO2, probably rather a lot, like more than we want to like, you know, keep in our garage here. Like we're going to, we're going to. I have a lot of space. You didn't even see, I have, there's a lot of space in my garage. Yeah. We can um, just put it there. I'm thinking just like a little bit more than that. Okay. More in, than in terms garage of like, space. I don't just ridiculous numbers of, of tons of, of CO2. And so there's question of like, okay, well, where are we going to store it? Are we going to, because this is a gas, obviously by default. Yeah, and this is actually a gas, not just called gas like last time. Yes, this is the, the gaseous gas. Yeah, the, the not not the named after gasoline gas. And so where do you store ridiculous amounts of this? It's an expensive outer problem. Space. And the cheaper we can do it, then the faster and the space. bigger. I mean, outer space is, you know, theoretically an option. Relatively challenging to do that without burning yet more CO2. No, carbon I, I, as long as you're ahead, it's like, or you just pay for the offset credits, you're fine. <laughs> if only that were true. And so uh, one of the these areas of research is like, okay, what are we going to do with, how are we going to store uh, ridiculous amounts of CO2? And so one of the, the options is you could pump it down into used oil wells, which is, has a bit of kind of poetry to it, where it's like... I've heard that, yeah. Right, uh -huh. you take the, the carbon... We, we ruined it that way. Yeah, let's uh, to undo it, put the carbon yeah. back where it came from. Yeah. Right, and then I you seal it. the top of the oil well. And one of the concerns with that is that it's sort of assumed when you do that that some of it will end up coming back out into the environment. Well, not but, if we freeze it in dry ice. Well, so the problem is if you take dry ice and you pump it down, first of all, it's kind of hard to pump a solid. Yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah, you know, an injury. That's a problem that. for Patrick. Yeah. But even if you get it down into into the well, like if you, you know, it's going to turn back into a gas, right? Unless, unless, well, unless the temperature at that place is geothermally stable. Unless the temperature at that place is geothermally minus 74 degrees, which I'm not a geologist. No. Really? <laughs> hold on. Wait. Hold on. List of things. Fun factors out there. I want you to keep... I want to keep a list of things that Alan is not. And the first item on the list is geologist. Yeah. So far, everything else is up for, up for grabs. Yeah. He's everything I'm else. not a geologist. But we know he's not a geologist. My sense is that the, as you get deeper and deeper into the earth, 
it doesn't get colder and colder to the point that it's minus seventy. No, I've heard that the, the deeper you go, it's colder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Arik is also not a geologist. <laughs> but we have this problem, which is if we if we pump the CO two into these wells, then yeah, probably a lot of it will stay down there. But how much will stay down there? And like, how much did you even pump in there? And as you, we know with the credits, as you're referring to, if you make a system where it's like, okay, we want to to um, store this amount of CO2, but then you can't really measure how much you stored, there's probably going to be shenanigans or the oh, minimum, yeah. it's going to be hard to say for sure we're doing what we said we would want to be doing. That's shenanigan city. And so there's a whole bunch of research that goes on like, well, where are some measurable ways to store CO2? Um, and also there's a question of the measurable ways to extract it as well. Okay. And so one of these papers uh, that Patrick turned me on to, uh, which is their paper, Permanent Storage of Carbon Dioxide in the Marine Environment, the Solid CO2 Penetrator. That's a scorcher of a title. A scorcher of a title. We'll yeah. link it up in the show notes. Although, apparently, you have to pay $40 to read the paper. So, I, I will admit, I have not actually read the paper, but oh, I read a bunch about didn't it. Didn't read the paper. But if you subscribe to the Patreon. Bah, bah. Um, didn't I, read the paper, everybody. <laughs> Let's go home. We're done here. Arik always reads the papers. I always facts. read the papers. But the, the, the gist of the paper is that if you, uh, you can measure uh, how big your CO2, dry ice CO2 torpedo is. Um, when you form one, as it's not one the does. size of the dry ice torpedo that matters. It's where it's you, it's the weight where you of it. Put it. It's the tonnage of yeah. Well, and it, oh, it doesn't matter where you cut it because if yeah. you just if you just uh, made like a a non torpedo torpedo shape, like if you just put the CO two in the ocean yeah. in in a straightforward way, yeah. it's just going to acidify the ocean and then go back into the yes, system. It accomplishes nothing. But if you it, apparently if you get uh dry ice and you drop it into water first of all it creates this like uh co2 hydrate which is a substance i had never heard of it's yeah. a mixture of, of co2 and and ice on the outside okay. which insulates the dry ice on the inside and oh. so the dry ice uh, torpedo if it's large enough will actually sink through with this thin layer on the outside that's kind of insulated it down to three thousand feet deep assuming you drop it in the correct part of the ocean which is like one of the many asterisks on this plan yeah. But if it gets to 3,000 feet deep, there's so much pressure yeah. in the ocean yeah. that it won't uh, turn back into a gas again. But how big does this torpedo need to be? Um, fairly, I mean, I didn't, I didn't buy the paper, but if you subscribe to the Patreon, (laughs) I will read it and I'll tell you how large the patrol torpedo needs to be. I just, this doesn't, so far, following along, doesn't seem practical, but keep going. I don't know why you have to be such a downer about this. This seems like (laughs) clearly the most awesome and therefore most practical way to dispose of CO2. Uh, Unfortunately, and I hate to be the person to point this out to you, most awesome and most practical are not always the same. Yeah. Well, if you prove that, I'll maybe read the paper. Okay. Um, but, uh, the, the, the question that you kind of got into the right down to the bottom of the rabbit hole at the top of all this was, well, what happens when it gets to the bottom? And the awesome thing is for much of the ocean, um, there is a deep layer of like soft sediment. Um, and so, uh, what it will do is if you have this like big torpedo shape, the theory is, and there's apparently been some, um, like research where they've actually, uh, done like strikes on the bottom of the ocean to see like how the soil and stuff all reacts the theory is that it would uh, penetrate down that's why they call it penetrator deep down into the sediment and it wouldn't like affect the sea life in the ocean because it would be like down in that sediment that's been there for millions of years sort of returning the carbon that we took from the earth back to the earth you don't quite get the poetry of this from an oil well no but also like just yeah just the the following this chain of thought just seems like i said very impractical to me because we're talking about 
first of all, we have to capture the CO2 somehow from the atmosphere. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. Then we have to temporarily store it until it we have enough of it to make this torpedo. Yeah, which I think probably that's the easiest part. Sure. And then we have to make a giant dry ice torpedo of whatever size this is. Which is the awesome part. Awesome, but also seems hard. Then we have to take it to the ocean and put it down. And then how many times can we do that? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like before we've used up the available space where this could go safely. So fun fact, the ocean is really it's big. really big but we but you don't know how big the torpedo is i mean it doesn't the torpedo being bigger or smaller doesn't change the size of the ocean no but it does change the divider in the calculation of how many of these you can put in the ocean i mean if you if it was one you can have inch more long, big you have can have more small ones and well if it's one one inch it won't be big enough but yeah <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking large but but yeah i i think that um according to this person who's who, if you subscribe to the totally existing patreon i will buy the paper and i'll get you the size i think i think we're just I'm hung the up one on a detail i don't have confusing people <laughs> <laughs> what was the answer you gave me it was the, just a detail you don't have okay. it's just a detail i don't have but you don't think it matters um the implication of this person's abstract which i did read thank you was that it there was a it was a meaningful amount of, they had a meaningful amount of space on that 50 some percent of the earth or whatever 60 whatever well no it's not all three thousand feet deep that's true yeah and i mean i just don't and also like well and it's not I, all probably soft sediment on the it's a b i do, we don't actually know if it what effects it has on the area it's fallen in i mean it's a cool idea and I think we should be having cool My ideas. fact wasn't, fun fact, the most convenient and reasonable way to... I'm just I'm saying that... I don't know why it, I'm suddenly like the cool. scientific review board for your funding. I don't know about you, yeah. but it's it surprised me to learn yeah. that if you drop dry ice into no, the ocean, yeah, that is, that is, it, it doesn't just turn back into a gas again. I, I focused on the wrong thing here because your fact was really about that. Uh-huh. And that's what I should have been. And you're like, Alan, about. I need to get some engineering rigor. Yeah. And I'm and like, we don't have patch on hand. <laughs> and I'm like really trying to figure out like what the like, I'm like really thinking ahead. Like, OK, you're a problem could, solver. could we do it? I'm yeah. You know, I'm I'm I am problem solving. I'm solutionizing. You're solutionizing when you should be wondering should be, and the delight and joy. Yeah. Of that cool you can facts. drop dry ice torpedoes into the ocean and they don't turn back into it. Yeah. It's just a cool fact. I mean, well, I the would wonder call it maybe even a fun fact. <laughs> oh, this show is not called Cool Fact. Cool Fact. <laughs> if this show was called Cool Fact, we would have to edit out a lot of the facts. Well, that's that'll that'll be you're the one who started it, so that would be your fault. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I don't have a. I don't, you don't have a. <laughs> I don't have a geological dry ice torpedo shape torpedo fact, but you can tell me if I have a cool fact or okay. not. We'll, okay, we'll do. Fun fact, port and starboard represent fixed positions on a ship. Um, as like fixed position, like I think of them as an entire side, but you're saying it's a, there's a very specific spot. No, I'm spot. not. That is a, that would be cool and unexpected. No, I am saying that they are not relative terms like left and right. Oh. So in other words, left and right change depending on the direction you're facing yeah but port and starboard do not change which is why they use port and starboard which is because they're relative to the ship and not use, relative to you that's part of why they use port and starboard right. yes so when when you're looking toward the bow of a ship mm-hmm. forward port is the left side yeah and starboard is the right side yes but what i was curious about so i knew from many years of enjoying sailing i knew that 
I didn't think about the irrelative nature of it, which is hilarious the way to say permanent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> irrelative. I well, I mean, it's, it's relative to the ship. It is relative. It's relative to the ship instead of relative to you. It, yes, it is fixed on the ship. It's not relative to the ship. It's fixed on the ship. It's relative. It's not relative to the ship. Well, it's... Maybe I don't know what the word relative means. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I'm, ignore me and continue with your fact. What I was interested in is why... Uh, this is etymology corner. Right, of co- I mean, of course. Welcome I just back. assume it's, assumed it's <laughs> etymology. Every fact that I do will eventually be etymology corner, I think. It's slowly... Conce- and I'm I'm not 100% sure we haven't had the etymology of Port and Starboard on the show. Oh, if we've done this before, everyone, I am very sorry. Uh, well, if we've done it before... Well, I, can't, I guess we can't cut it because... No, but but well, <laughs> we've been buckled. I don't up. think we've done it before. Let's go. Well, if you tell me, I'm start saying it. Know if I know, one, yeah. Okay. So so yeah. So starboard is called that because old timey boats had one steering oar. Okay, they, yeah, they I don't think I've. Yeah, I don't, this is. New. They hadn't invented keels yet. Um, I know what a keel is totally, but for the audience, (laughs) (laughs) it's a thing that is connected to the bottom of a boat that you can move a till to move and Ah, it will change the direction. So, yes, I uh, already knew that. (laughs) They, it was almost always on the right side. Mm. The one, the one steering oar. Right. And that is because most sailors and indeed most people are right-handed. So sailors called the right side of the boat, the steering side. Hmm. Uh, because of that fact. And they combined two old English words when they did that. Steer, meaning steer, and board, meaning the side of a boat. Mm, specifically so. side of a boat. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that great that there was That's a word? A very in... specific word. Yeah, How many old sides English of a boat have of... you need a word for that whole category of things? <laughs> oh, yeah, go, go hit the thing against the board. Yeah. 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 So steer. Like when bo- a ship launches, the champagne. That's right. They hit the side and it would be the board. You're hitting the board of the yeah, ship. Okay. So it was steer board which mm-hmm. sounds like starboard. Uh, over time, though, boats got bigger. Steering oars got bigger with them. And that meant that it was way easier to tie the boat up to the opposite side of the steerboard. Right. Because the steerboard was so, the steering oar was so big, it was like, this is annoying to deal with. Right. And that's what led the other side to being called the larboard side. Okay. Which was the loading side. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, no, it's actually the end of the fact, because now we call it, as we said it earlier, the two sides of a boat relative to nothing are larboard and starboard, mm-hmm. right? But larboard, if you're loading, where are you loading from? You're loading from No, so the, the thing port? is, the larboard rhymes with starboard. Which is confusing in a storm. So it's or... super confusing if you're yelling it, like, loudly, like, in a storm, or some other situation where you actually really need the person to, like, be really on top of which side they need to go to. Larboard does not work great, and it was replaced with port because, yes, that's the side that faces the port where supplies could be ported aboard by porters. Right. Porters because they work to the port or the port because that's where the porters are? Yeah, good question. And Well, that'll be, and I've just created another ed- etymology corner. Yeah. As an etymology aside, in an etymology fact, the you word... from you? Never. The word bow, meaning, you know, the front of a boat, comes from an old Dutch word that means shoulder. Shoulder is at the front. And that word comes from an old Norse word that also led to the English word bow, B-O-U-G-H, which is the shoulder of a tree. Oh, I'm not sure if I would have been able to tell you what a bow was other than you have boughs of holly. No, it's the like, it's on a tree where it branches at a certain height. It's the bow of a tree. Yeah, a fun fact all in of its own, nestled down into 
a fact about starboard and larboard. So I think we should, my point is, I think officially, official choice of this podcast is to call two sides of the boat starboard and larboard because A, it's hilarious, and B, we're not on a boat, and therefore it doesn't matter if it rhymes or is hard to hear. Yeah, we can be heard clearly. So We can be heard super clearly. So I can say, hey, Alan, go to the larboard side as you do your next fact. Right. Well, my next fact doesn't really have anything well, was to do it? No, that. hold on. Was it cool? It was cool. Nothing. Right, cool fact. Cool Success. Fact. Check. Thank you. Uh, so my fact isn't really related to that. It's really, you could call it a, a sharp larboard turn. <laughs> you know, that, listen, guys, that's synergy. <laughs> if you don't know, that's synergy. Um, fun fact. Freshwater fish hardly drink water ever, but they pee constantly. Huh. Okay. This is one of the I I this is a, a probably its own thing on the show is facts from you that make me go, "Huh." It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's okay. What are they why, why? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if I have read my fact correctly, why is the best answer? Cuz normally you have a quip. <laughs> so this fact is brought to you by osmosis uh okay so osmosis is basically yeah uh, the tendency for a saltier a material in ancient greece osmandius it was a- osmandius he may or may not have been salty i'm not sure actually how we got from there to there <laughs> but osmosis is the tendency for a salty material to gain fluid from a less salty material so it's not about me sleeping next to my textbook and then doing well on the test the next day if you just are touching the textbook as it, long as it will, the textbook is saltier than you are not well most textbooks are not saltier than me right but they might my be knowledge go, i mean technically i say osmosis is about salt but it's actually about a solve something that's been dissolved in something else so if there's knowledge dissolved in the textbook oh, and you have less knowledge in you that's true then you will gain by osmosis through the permeable membrane of your cheek or whatever, however you're sleeping on the textbook. Yeah, it's my pillow. Or in the case of if you're a fish, uh-huh. you're you're kind of salty because uh, all animals are generally a little bit salty because we have salt sweat. for our muscles and for... No, fish don't need to sweat because they're covered in water, water all the time. All the time. But they... they uh, animals are salty because of our muscles and our nerve systems use salt for signaling. Oh, that's how... Really? I did not know that. Yes. Is that true? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Like salt, I mean, anyone who's done like biology and uh, medicine or whatever has to learn a whole bunch about like there's different kinds of salt and they have a whole bunch of properties in cells and stuff like that. But Salt is a signaling mechanism for your body. Signaling I mean, what? So, Sorry, I'm like headed down a Yeah, I've gone way super, down. A, yeah, yeah. You, you, you did this to yourself. You, I will say you did. You, you knew about something, but you knew about it to a certain You're level. You're good at finding the limits of how much research I did on these topics. Salt, I, I know salt is necessary for the signaling that you do it when, uh, to get your muscles to create, contract and your nerves and things to work, but I don't wow. know the mechanism behind that. Yeah, I thought it was electrical impulses from your brain. Um, salt uh, and like the ions and electricity are all related things and exactly how they work. If we want to know more about that, I can do more research. No, yeah, but this is the say fish that, thing. Not off the top of my head. This is fascinating, but the fish are the, what matters. Now. But we're back to fish. Fish. So fish, uh, animals in general are uh, somewhat salty. We, their salt is necessary for whatever reason, for, for whatever <laughs> reasons <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, and so when you have a salty fish swimming in fresh water, yeah. the tendency uh, of the osmosis is for the water, the fresh water to want to go into the salty side. The, oh, wait. So you're saying that the fish is absorbing the water around them. So they're drinking it, quote unquote, through their skin, through their skin and Passively. then peeing it out. Yes, Passively. exactly. So they are. So, okay. 
So they're it's a technicality fact. So they're not drinking. I mean, which I'm not complaining about. I'm perhaps the king of technicality facts. But the the uh, the idea here is that they are drinking through a mechanism we don't drink from, and almost never could they drink water the way we do. Yeah, they're capable. Like they can open their mouth and bring uh, they just water into their stomach. They don't want to. Uh, but there's no like that. They have there's no freshwater benefit. fish has way more water coming into its body than it ever just, needs just all, all the, the time. time. Not through any. A biological thing that it's doing on purpose but just by the nature of the fact that there's salt on the inside of the fish and there's less salt outside of it and so there's the gradient uh of the liquid is towards the salt and so the freshwater fish if it didn't pee would just uh, you know inflate and inflate and because fish don't have bladders because i have a bladder to store the liquid pee like we evolved bladders for reasons that we're not just constantly peeing but if you're a fish and you're swimming in water all the time uh there's no point in storing the pee and since they are constantly creating it, um, they're basically just constantly peeing. Okay, I have a couple follow-up questions that you may or may not know the answer to. Mm. One question is that it is possible, like, to be overhydrated mm-hmm. as, a, as a human. Mm-hmm. Is that also, I guess that's not true for fish. Um, what my or understanding, again, we're in getting into, perfect... like, Alan's limits of my biology knowledge. But my sense, my understanding of overhydrated in humans is that it's actually undersalted. Because when we pee, we pee out a certain everybody. Every animal tends to pee out a certain range of salt, depending on your your how evolved and your kidneys and knowledge systems are for managing salt. And yeah. so when you pee, a certain amount of and sweat and various like salt comes out of your body. And you're putting lots of water into your body for the water to get out. Probably some salt comes out of it, and you can get into disbalance if you're taking if like people you drink ridiculous ridiculous amounts of water for various reasons, and they can get sick. I feel like this is like your version of string theory. Like it's all salt. I mean, salt is fairly everything, important to how biology, biological Everything is work. salt now is what I'm being led to believe. So the fish, maybe they're also peeing out like in a good, because they have no bladder. So maybe they're just like peeing out in a good ratio to how much they're taking in. And so they never, but like people pee out, like our pee is a way to expel certain things yes. as well. Yeah. Fish don't need to do that. They, well, no, I mean, the fish would also expel, like, because we pee things other than the water. Like, yeah. we pee out excess various yeah, things. Exactly. And, and the same in, like, urea. I don't know. Yeah, again, so maybe if they're doing already the... hitting against my biology. You, you really want to turn this into, like, how does the, the salt system work and the and the, <laughs> the kidneys and stuff? I'm interested in what I'm interested in. I'm very well, sorry. Well, we can follow up on how the kidney works. But uh, salt, uh, fish, like other animals, get rid of various things through their pee. But by volume, by far, when you're looking at freshwater fish it's pee. It's the water. It's mostly just water. It's very dilute. Okay. Uh, so it's not like when we think of, like, especially if you're dehydrated, you have, like, very concentrated uh, but so, pee. So you have freshwater fish. They have salt in their bodies. They're in freshwater osmosis. Mm-hmm. But then you have saltwater fish. Saltwater fish are a different story because yeah. they have the opposite problem. Yes. Saltwater fish, like freshwater fish, are a little bit salty. They're right. But, but the ocean is a lot salty. Yeah. And so you have the opposite tendency. It's sucking their salt out of them. It's yeah. It so it not so it doesn't. It's not the salt that's getting sucked. It's the liquid that's getting right. Sucked. I'm sorry. They're sucking so their we, liquid. So you set me out way off them. when you're talking about this textbook example. You're like, oh, I'm absorbing information from the textbook, and like the information is osmosis. But the way it actually osmosis, it, the thing that's moving isn't the salt. The thing that's moving is the liquid. Right. So in osmosis, yeah, I don't know what the textbook. There isn't really a metaphor. I think it was always a little bit hopeful. It's just that, a terrible metaphor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but when you're when you have a a saltwater fish that's going around in the ocean, the, the tendency being dehydrated. Is, uh, yeah, the tendency is for it to get dehydrated because it's in this uh, salty medium, and so the water uh, that's in the fish wants to leave the not as salty fish and go to the more salty yeah. ocean side. Yeah, and so like it's mostly working in the, the opposite direction. 
Yeah, so it's just going in the opposite direction. And so the problem that the ocean fish have is that they're losing water. And so saltwater fish do drink. They drink the ocean water. But if they're drinking the ocean water, it's isn't that just increasing their... I guess some of that salt water is... Like if a person drinks salt water, they don't get a lot of like hydration benefit. If a person drinks salt water because of the way our kidneys and our, our system is set up... Uh, it is worse. It will make it worse for yeah, you because but, you will get oversalted. But not for saltwater But if you're an fish. ocean fish, you're adapted. And I think generally marine animals are adapted. But we're all fish, Alan. And, well, yeah, as we learned in last episode, <laughs> we are all fish. Um, and so we shouldn't be using the term fish. We should be using aquatic, whatever. I don't know what the heck the cladistic <laughs> definition of the swimming around things that we all know what we mean when we say fish. <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about us the whole yeah, time. <laughs> the whole time we're talking about all vertebrates. Um, but, uh, but saltwater... Uh, uh, creatures generally um, adapt to be able to uh, take in ocean water, process it, uh, and then pull the salt out of it from their kidneys and the other systems in their bodies. And when a saltwater fish pees, it pees extreme in the opposite of what the freshwater fish water fish pee lots and lots and lots of dilute, almost just water. Yeah. And a saltwater fish just pees out a tiny bit of mo- like very, very salty concentrated pee, just a tiny, the minimum amount and they're, what, they're, what their body is doing is instead of trying to get rid of uh, all the water that's coming into their body, they're trying to get rid of all the salt that they have they get in from uh, drinking the ocean water. Wow. But there are like, I don't know how many fish in the sea. They, I've heard there's a lot. A lot. Yeah, I've heard there's always a lot. So, and I doubt your research led you to <laughs> this question that I'm about to ask, but I'm even <laughs> questioning myself whether I even want to ask this, but like, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> to what extent is the ocean just full of pee and poop? Well, I mean, I think like probably this would be this would be like a Hank Green kind of fact. Like, there's probably some fact like, oh, well, every atom of water has been peed and redrank however many. Yeah, it's the million San Francisco times. of 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 water <laughs> because there's, like, there's pee everywhere. Every surface, I mean, and I say for those of you listening, I say this as a longtime San Francisco resident. Uh, every surface was covered in pee uh there's a little bit of that yeah yeah Yeah. happening so yeah there's lots of pee the fish are peeing especially but i mean more so the the freshwater fish because the ocean going fish they don't need to pee as much because well and also their pee is basically just water no the ocean fish oh the other way around sorry in the ocean it's mostly they don't pee as much but they pee really highly concentrated salt Yes. That's not so bad. Um, and so one of the, the effects of that, that's why if you hear like uh, you have an aquarium or something, you have to segregate. You have to I have do. the salt Do you not fish. see the giant aqu- You're in the room. Yeah. The giant why are you ignoring this giant aquarium? in it. Yeah. And also Elasmosaurus from... And also Elasmosaurus. Yeah, also from from like uh, you know the Mesozoic era. Yeah, well, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool setup you've got here. But Thank what you. I was going to say AR, is, it's a vision pro experience. <laughs> if you take the saltwater fish and you put it in freshwater, uh-huh. um, then it, it will die. Yeah. yeah, it will die because everything set up. Uh, wrong. It will drink uh, it the water and then it will it'll take all the water in. It won't be enough to, to yeah. get rid of it, and it will it'll just die. It'll die, yeah. and then you'll have the opposite thing happen. If you take the freshwater yeah. fish, put it in the ocean, it'll get it'll get dehydrated out, what uh, up, and it'll shrink up like. What about places where saltwater and freshwater meet? Yeah, so uh, different species of fish have different tolerances and ranges. And so some fish, like the extreme case, would be like a salmon that uh, they are born in the river and then they go into the ocean. And so they have adaptations to be able to uh, have some features of both capabilities. I'm very impressed that you knew that. So because that's because you're asking me something about the thing, which is fish and, and, and adaptation <laughs> instead of being like, well, how does the cell salt processing? Like, let me go seven branches off of the thing that you obviously research. Listen, we on this show, we have been taught to follow our intellectual curiosity. 
Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that is the motivation. <laughs> is that not the point? I think of on the show, show you just try to troll me down into. No, <laughs> okay, how can I, get I Alan just want to know. No, no, no. If you ever thought it was deliberate, <laughs> let me debase you of that notion. It is purely the way my mind works compared to the way your mind works. It's just said out of curiosity and that, love. That's right. Yes, exactly. Out of curiosity and love. I don't know how much love goes into asking. A okay, it's mostly it's, it's mostly curiosity about P. It's it's just curiosity. I mean, you just you bring cool facts. Thank you. And, then and that's wanna, why the name of the show is, is now. Is cool fact. Cool fact. Yeah. We're rebranding. Freshwater the, fish are just peeing all the time. We're rebranding the whole show. Then starting now. Yeah. Find us on uh, threads. Cool fact FM. Cool fact on FM. the Patreon. <laughs> As if we have not sowed enough confusion. On, on threads. On threads. We're on, we're which, on threads. Yeah. May or may not still exist when this. Uh, I think it's probably actually going to still. We're not joke. We joke about social networks not existing anymore, but I think this time. That one's probably still going to 